all for. It's all about this. You play for this. No matter what level you're at, you play for championship. Coach JB here on this Coach Him Hard, Love Him Harder show brought to you by betonline.ag. NBA playoffs are here. Um, go on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Tell them that the main slapdick himself sent you. Get 50% off welcome bonus using it today. Betonline.ag is where the game starts. Major League Baseball Hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, you name it, UFC, betonline.ag is where you get it all. Head on over, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get 50% off welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, where the game starts. So we're here today on this Thursday, makeup day. I made it up. Um, It was supposed to be another... uh, I was supposed to get it in Tuesday and today, but I I made up yesterday for Tuesday. So, appreciate everybody joining, coming on in. Um, What's good, what's good, what's good? Uh, Lots to discuss today. Um, So, today's the 12th. I'm going to discuss master being a master coach. I'm going to talk about putting players in the right positions per level. Uh, High school, Pop Warner, college, whatever. I'm also going to discuss discuss converting guys your egos won't allow. And I'm going to talk about getting on the same page as far as what we call what we call. So what do you call the alley player? Why? What is the alley player? What's the invert? What's the adjuster? Who's the carry player? Who's the hole dropper? What is a skift? All these different things you need to come in, understand um, what we call certain things and why we call them. Um, A and O, force player, alley player, invert, every single thing you need to know, come on in, we're going to discuss it today, and get after it, so uh, appreciate you, that's kind of the agenda for today, the 12th, right there, master being a master coach, all those different things, Um, and uh, I'll get after it, let's start with the quote of the day, Um, this is one I just made up today, man, earlier, been a long fucking day. Promises are everything, but once they are broken, sorry means nothing. Promises are everything, but once they are broken, sorry means nothing. Sorry means nothing, man. I tell people all the time. We are what we do, not what we say we do. We say too much shit that doesn't mean anything. And sorry means nothing if you break a promise. And how many of you coaches out there are promising? Uh, you know how many promises are often made but seldom kept? It's, a, it's really a shame. That's really what we, that's the life we live right now. 
And coaches are, we are at fault as big, as many, much as anyone. So we often make promises, but we seldom keep them. You got to make sure you understand if you break one, it's, it's a done deal, man. These kids will see right through you uh, in the New York minute. Um, and that leads me to my contrary to belief segment where yelling means nothing if the yeller knows nothing. <laughs> man, I keep it stupid simple. I say stupid, dumb, simple shit, and you sit there and say, damn, that makes fucking sense. Well, because you don't listen. You don't fucking listen to what I say. You just hear my tone. You don't listen to the message. That's the problem with a lot of you guys. And it's not personal. It's all business. Um, this guy says I blocked him on Twitter. Well, he must have been a fucking slapdick. <laughs> I didn't just block him for no reason. So Austin, Trevor Burns said I blocked him. I fuck. I don't know. I don't know who I blocked. I got a fucking hundred fifty thousand people. I don't know who the fuck they are. So you're still a member in here, Trevor. So hey, kudos to you. Shout out to you. But if you're a slapdick, you is slapdick pretty much. Why you much. call me slapdick? Because my dick slapped me across your face. <laughs> then that's what you get. <laughs> I mean, shit, I don't know. But yelling means nothing if the yeller knows nothing. What does that mean, coach? It means that you can yell until you're blue in the face. The kids are not stupid. They know what the fuck they're listening to. And if you have no merit with what you're saying or yelling about, then you have to understand that they'll see right through the bullshit. They will see through it. Kids are smarter than you think, contrary to belief. So yelling means nothing if the yeller knows nothing. Just remember that shit. And I always tell you guys, coach yourself before you coach others. Please do understand that. Um, so, Trevor, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know you, so you're obviously a member here. So if you're going to stay a member, kudos to you. If you're not, I mean, I, I don't know. You want to have a fucking debate on a coaching show right now? Or do you want to fucking shut the fuck up and listen or join or get the fuck out? Like, God damn, you're like the kids, homie. What, which one is it? You're going to be the kids or you're going to be the fucking coach today? Um, or are you just here to troll like all the rest of my dick riding fucks? So get in or get out. I mean, it's up to you, homie. I don't have time for bullshit. Um, so, again, this is what we got going. Master being a master coach. Um, putting players in the right positions. Converting guys and their egos won't allow. And getting on the same page. Okay? So... I don't even know what living rent-free means, dog. This must be a young kid who's a fucking cunt. I don't know. Bye-bye, Trevor. You're a bitch. There's a reason I blocked you, I guess. <laughs> All right. So let's get, a, let's get it on. Um, let, me, let me talk about some things real quick. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. I got to... I want to show you... I want to talk about master being a master coach. All right? A master coach, so a lot of people don't realize what that is. It's, a, it's someone who, through their conversations, help others accelerate um, their learning curve, I guess, so to speak. That is what a master coach does. In my definition, a master coach is someone who, through their conversations, helps others accelerate their learning and increases their performance. 
The master coach is not an advisor, but a catalyst for sustained personal change within individuals. That's what a master coach is. That's what he does. That's what he uh, aspires to do or be. So um, master coaches are highly tuned interpersonal, have interpersonal skills. Um, They're very highly recognizable uh, by who they are rather than what they are. Who we are rather than what we are. That's a master coach in a nutshell. Um, I, I want to break down kind of uh, some characteristics. And like, again, I'll go over one thing at a time. Today is mastering being a master coach. Um, talent, high performance, and career acceleration are greatly valued when you're a master coach. People are excited about their personal and professional growth opportunities. Leaders are seen as trustworthy, selfless, and competent. You can't be saying shit that means nothing. Kids see through it, and that's incompetence. So if you're not going to be competent in your, what you're saying, you're not going to be a master coach. I'm just telling you. Um, and then make sure you understand, difficult conversations are very routine can you guys answer that? Can you guys say, ask yourself that? Do you have difficult conversations all the time or do you shy away from them? A lot of you shy away from them. So make sure you can have difficult conversations and understand they are very routine. I had fucking different, difficult ones with coaches and players 24-7. It, it could happen at the drop of a dime. So just understand that. Um, I'm not going to read you a bunch of shit I wrote down, but uh, I just want to make sure you kind of see these things. And then I'm going to talk about yesterday. I talked about step one, coach the process, not the outcome. Today, I want to talk about teaching awareness of the stress performance curve. All right. A lot of you guys don't realize what that means. Basically, if you can help your athletes understand the relationship between their level of nervousness and how well they perform. You will have taken a major step towards helping them and handling pressure. A lot of you guys don't realize we are psychologists. If you don't understand that you're a psychologist, then you got a lot of problems. Coaches are psychologists. We're not coaches. (laughs) Your coach is second. Your psychologists, your teachers, and then your coaches. So that is what it is. So please understand that is where you got to understand where to go. So, um, If an athlete can read their nervousness pre-performance and can tell the difference between good, bad, and not enough, then they will be in a better position to and be able to do something about their arousal level. And if you took, if you're ever, if you got a master's in kines or um, if you got, uh, if you ever studied this profession in depth then you understand what arousal levels are. And it's not about you getting your little wee-wee hard. It's about getting your guys to another level. And um, if they understand what the arousal level is within this profession as a coach and as a leader and as a master coach, then you'll get more out of the kids. So uh, just dropping little gems on you. A lot of you guys don't know what the fuck I'm even talking about. I don't even know why I'm telling you half of you. Um, The other ones you just want to talk about. Let's talk about smash. (laughs) um anyway i'm gonna break down i'm gonna pull up this i'm gonna pull up this uh powerpoint real quick 
Um, just to coach them hard, love them harder. I'm going to give it a few weeks, see how it goes. If it doesn't go well, then I'm just going to fucking scrap it because it's a waste of my time um, if people don't want to come in and listen to it. Like, it don't make no sense for me to do it. So, because everyone knows everything. You guys are already great. <laughs> True leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. I say it all the time. I say it all the fucking time. Leaders create more leaders, not more followers. Um, here's the menu, Lucy. I apologize. Um, here's the menu. All right. We're building a program today. The CEO. You must be the CEO of yourself. What do you mean, coach? You should be preaching what the CEO is to your kids every day. Because if they're not the CEO of themselves, then they're failing themselves and you're failing them as a coach. They need to learn what a CEO is. And if you're not the your own CEO, then and understand where you're headed, what direction you're going at all times and how if you're a step ahead or not, then you're going to fail. So be the CEO, building the right team. The vision, the process, and the outcome. I'm going to talk about those things. Every day is an interview. I tell you guys that all the time. Are we doing what we want to do or what you have to do? That's a huge determining factor. So a lot of you guys work jobs. You know, a lot of us don't work careers. We're not in the career field that we want to be in. We work jobs. And understand, a job and a career are completely different things. Uh, we will. I'll talk about that. Goals and objectives. Must have attitude and the it factor. Uh, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and guts in between the dreams and success. That was on my front door at my office at Indy on the show. Uh, that's a Bear Bryant quote. Um, I love that quote. My teams are always hungry. Like, what is your mantra? What do you live by? What do you stand by? What is your philosophy? I've always talked to you about your philosophy. I've already discussed that. But what do you live by? Do you have common goals? Uh, do you have core values? I got to ask you guys, do you guys understand what a core value even is? But see, a lot of you guys, you, you want to talk about fucking X's and O's, but you don't even have a fucking core value. You don't even, you couldn't tell me three core values right now if I fucking bit you in the ass. What are your three core values? Does any coach know? Can you put it in the chat? Does any of you guys, do any of you guys understand what it even means? Um... I'm going to put it out as a poll question. What are three core values in your program? How do you lead your program? What is a core value? Mine, Coach. Coach, what's yours? Well, it's crazy. I always have to answer my own questions because some of you guys, either you don't fucking know it or you don't even have a philosophy. You don't know what a philosophy is. You don't know what a core value is. You don't have a core value. Or, um, again, you're stuck on calling plays and you're going to find out why kids transfer every day on you, why your kids ain't graduating, why your staffs are unsuccessful as far as getting Division One jobs because you're not getting them nowhere because you're not doing shit. <laughs> so Austin Burns said integrity is one of his core values. Um, so my three, I have three core values everywhere I go. Educate, matriculate, and graduate. Those are my three core values. I live by them. I'm going to educate every single fucking human I come across. I'm going to matriculate them through the process. I'm going to get them pushed through all the bullshit. And then I'm going to graduate them. I'm going to graduate them. That, that's my core value. Those are my core values. Those are my three core values that I live by every day. 
Educate, matriculate, graduate. Period. And then we have our philosophy, and then we have our mission statement, and then we have um, all these different things, okay? Um, see, I disagree, Jamal. I don't believe you ever trust the player, ever. Don't ever trust the kid. Don't ever do it. If you trust a kid, you're failing. You're, gonna, you're setting yourself up, brother. I'm just being honest with you. Don't ever trust these motherfuckers. I'm just telling you. It's not a two-way street because they will piss on you and shit on you in a New York minute even though you just fucking paid their rent and bought them a steak dinner and you fucking got their grade changed. They'll transfer on you tomorrow. Fuck and don't ever trust them. Don't ever trust them, dog. Respect earned is respect given. Trust is not a two-way street in this profession. Not only with your players, but your staff as well. Um, just a little tidbit, dog. Nothing personal. Uh, anyway, I'm going to discuss this PowerPoint real quick. You can take notes. You can ask for the PowerPoint, whatever you want. Um, no, I don't trust anybody, Brandon. None of them. None of them. I create a leadership council, about 12 kids. And it could be six kids, but it doesn't mean I trust the motherfuckers. And Jamal, I get, I, I know you want to trust them because you want to help them, dog. I get it. I do. I do get it. Um, trust me. Like, if it was a perfect world, fuck, dog. We love the kids. We love the babies. We want to get them. We want to be able to trust them. But at the end of the day, you can't. And you know what? This profession is so rare. Like I tell people, it's cold as a dope game. You know why? You're going to trust them. All right. Let's just say you trust them. Okay. Good for you. But see, a guy like me, I'm, I'm not going to trust them. I'm not going to believe a word they say. But yet, I'm still going to bust my ass for them to get them where they could not get themselves. Because I chose to do this profession. I chose to be in the profession. I chose to be called what's called a coach. It's just like a doctor. You call him Dr. Brown. You call me Coach Brown. It's the same thing. We've earned the right to have coach in front of our name, just as a doctor has. So knowing that, you still have to fucking understand that they may fuck you at the end of the day. But are you all in? Because this is the profession you chose to do. You chose to be in. And it's a cold one, man. But at the end of the day, you got to understand. Coach, I was do. I did everything for the kid and the motherfucker transferred on me. Coach, I get D1 phone calls every day from coaches. I just had seven dudes drafted, dog. <laughs> These motherfuckers are asking me, like, how do I do it? Like, dog, how do you do it now? I don't know, coach. I'm not in it right now. I haven't coached in three years and I got seven dudes drafted. But what does that mean? It means I went and found the best players, massaged them, got them to do the fucking right thing and, and become fucking decent citizens when they left me. That wasn't by trusting them, dog. That was by giving them tough love, coach them hard, love them harder, but still understand they are going to disappoint you and understand that you're not going to save them all. You can't. You can't save them all, dog. It just It's not a possibility. You cannot save them. Try to save one of them. And uh, you'll 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 fucking you'll look back and say, fuck, I saved Jermaine Johnson and he's a first fucking rounder. 
I could have saved Johnny and Freddie and Bobby, but then Jermaine would have been fucked. So, um, no kids do everything right. So, you may think they do. Those are called fake-ass good boys. They, you think they do, and then you're raving about them to your staff, and then guess what? The motherfucker robs McDonald's and has two baby mamas you don't even know about and has and is giving everybody the fucking clap at, in the dorms. Please understand, they don't all do, they don't, none of them do everything right. <laughs> um... Trust, man. You guys are using that word trust like a, it's a, that's I see the fucking problem, man. I really do. I, I see the issue with the younger coaches, the high school coaches, the youth coaches. You guys are throwing around this word trust like these motherfuckers are paying your mortgage. Holy shit. I'm going to stop. I am going to stop talking about it because it'll irk me. You guys throwing around this word trust way too fucking much with these kids, dog. I'm just telling you. You understand, these are the kids that leave your program, right? Because you didn't give them the starting spot, or you yelled at them, or you're trying to do the best thing for them, and they don't understand, they leave you. And you're talking about trust, right? Please stop using that word, dog. Please take it out your vocabulary. Please don't use trust as far as the coaching profession goes ever again. Um. See, I don't call that trust, Austin. I call it executing. They took what I told them to do and executed it. That is the bottom line, most rewarding portion of being a coach. They took the message and executed it. Has nothing to do with trust. Had nothing to do with trust. It means he's a fucking player that listened to what the message was and executed it. You trust him, he'll fuck you. He'll throw a fucking pick to the squatted corner in cover two when you told him this is what we fucking read is all all spring long. Don't ever say trust. Um, that's me, though. Um, all right, so anyway, um, let's get into it. A leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. If you haven't read a book about John C. Maxwell, go read that book. It's a great one. Um, the greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do. That's my favorite quote of all time. That's why it was on my door in the inside of my office. Anyway, CEO of yourself. I got this fuck stick right here, Donald Trump on here. Only reason I have that because the mo- the show he had. Remember the show he- that he had? Um, you're fired. Remember that shit? Well, anyway, must know everything there is to know about becoming the CEO of yourself. This is what you aspire to have from your players. How to move up. What's the pitch? How to beat my opponent. How to motivate. Do I have the it factor? These are all things that you have to know about yourself. Let me ask you this. If your players all got kidnapped and they were in the trunk of their car, how many of them do you think today either A, know their social security number, B, know their address, C, can tell you on a map where the fuck I am. None of them. Dog, that's the world we live in. These motherfuckers have no clue what being the CEO of themselves are. How many kids do I go speak to every day? And I ask them, raise your hand, son. Tell me what it takes to become an NCAA qualifier. 
Do you know Zero can tell me what it takes to be a fucking NCAA qualifier? You know why, though, right? Because COVID came out. And all you got to have now, you don't have to fucking pass the SAT. So guess what? You guys are in a fucking bad predicament, man. I'm just telling you guys. They don't even know what it is to be an NCAA qualifier. They never knew what it was. Now they're banking on, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to ball out my senior year. But guess what, dog? You have 6,000 kids in the fucking transfer portal. Uh, you have 6,000 kids in the transfer portal. They're going to get those kids before they come and get you. But yet, we don't want to understand that every day is an interview and we got to be different. We got to be different now in our approach to getting out, to getting scholarships. But some of you guys don't understand that shit. Um, whoo, it's crazy. Anyway, my team motto, it ain't about me, it's about us. Are we all behind the line? Or we got a guy hand on the line? Do we got a guy's foot on the line? Are we all behind the line? And do we all finish through the line? Are you coaching it or are you allowing it? Those are the things you got to look at, man. What are you trying to really get done? Like, I go to every program in America and I can see probably, probably fucking seven of these guys' hands across the line. Fucking feet across the line. Some of them are probably standing up. I want to see the same posture. I want to see back flat. Eyes up. Teach the little things. All this shit should look the exact same. Every single player on this thing should look the same. I believe this is Coastal Carolina. And this is a four-year institution. I got a coach back here with his arms crossed because he's a cool guy. He's probably been coaching 50 years. I got guys' eyes down. I got guys' backs flat. I got one guy with a hoodie on. And now I'm nitpicking because if this was my program, these motherfuckers' eyes would be up, eyes on the horizon, back straight. We're going to be in a sprinter's stance. We're going to get out of there. And that's the thing about it. Like, a lot of you guys don't get the little things. This is a four-year D1 that's successful. They're successful. I got kids playing there. And they all call me, Coach. It ain't shit like our practice because <laughs> I made it more fucking difficult so you don't get kicked out of that place. It's much more finite because I'm teaching you fundamental sound football on how to do certain things per position. And you have to do things on one accord. And so anyways, um, building the right team. What is the mission statement? Are you surrounding yourself with those on the same mission as you? How many of you guys are building something, but those guys ain't on the same mission as you? You guys got guys hating, backstabbing, guys going this way, guys going that way. Are they on the same mission? Those motherfucking lions sure are on the same mission right there. They're all on the same mission, dog. Being real. Uh, Here's my vision. When I took the job at Indy, I had a vision. I wanted to get a weight room built, which I did. I wanted to wrap it. I wanted to get that shit cold. I wanted to put the cold shit in there. I wanted to get everything nice and tight. That was my vision, okay? But the process was much different. I didn't have a weight room when I got there. I built the motherfucker. You see that shit? Looks like Noah's Ark right there. That is what I built, on a piece of concrete that I had sitting outside my office, and I said, let's be innovative, let's think out the box, let's save dollars, and let's create a weight room 
with the space that we have. And there it is. And that's the process that I went through. And I built that shit with my own fucking hands, right? And then the outcome. We want it all. But see, you guys aren't coaching the process. You're coaching the outcome too much nowadays. You're coaching the outcome far too often instead of coaching the process. We're not coaching the process. That means the finite detail. That goes back to everybody's hands behind the fucking line and finishing through it. Do you coach it or do you allow it? Every single rep, coach it. Every single fucking rep, every single day, you coach it. You don't allow it. And in the outcome, you'll be a champion. If it ain't on your mind, it'll never be on your finger. But anyway, every day's an interview. Someone's always watching us. You dress to impress. You know our opponent. What is our pitch? If you're recruiting a kid, what you're selling? How are your guys motivated every single day? That's why I do a PowerPoint every day that I showed you last week. I do a PowerPoint before every, every practice. We're going to give the kids the tools to succeed. Are my guys motivated every day? That's something you have to be. If you're not a great motivator, you should not coach this sport. Just being honest. And then do you understand who your audience is? I can cuss out Malik Henry all day, or I can hug Malik Henry all day. Do you understand your audience? Not every single kid is the same. So build a relationship differently with each kid. Understand something, though. Your core values, educate, matriculate, and graduate. Your philosophy Your mission statement never can waver. It always has to stay strong. That is your foundation, the culture you build, right? You're building a culture. You're changing a culture. Those things have to stay in place. So if Malik Henry's late to practice, he has to run just like the rest of the team, or he has to do whatever the punishment may be. If he misses class, everybody has to do the punishment. Whatever it may be that you're doing, but nobody gets a pass, but everybody's spoken to differently on an individual basis. The team, though, is treated the same. Hope that makes sense to you guys and you understand that. Um, best staff in the business. Is this what you want to have? Uh, you want to do or you have to do? Ownership, management, sales, marketing, finance, and management. Coach, what are you doing? A seminar on fucking finance? Nope. How many of you guys are head coaches or want to be a head coach or you aspire to be a head coach? Fuck, you better have some ownership involved. You better know how to manage, folks. It's a management position. You better know how to sell your program. Sell what the fuck it is you got that you want people to buy. What are you selling? Marketing. How do you market your program year in, year out? Social media. Huge deal. What you wear on your shirts, what you have on the program as far as production, what your uh, sponsors are like, who's your boosters at the high school level, what is the community buy-in, how are you marketing it? If you think it's going to get different every day, then you're fucked. Finance. How do I fundraise for my program? How do I make little dollars grow into large dollars? How do I get the program growing without Pinching my players for dollars. Too far into... I've never charged a player for any fucking thing in my life. Never. Ask any player that's ever played for me. Ask them right now if I've ever charged them for shit. Whether it's the coldest Adidas gear ever to even in high school where we didn't have shit and I got some tight shit Nike at Compton College or Adidas at Cabrillo. I didn't care. I wasn't going to charge my kids a dollar. I was going to figure a way to get them 
the shit they we wanted without them paying anything. How can you do that? You better learn how to fucking be a finance fucking manager real quick. Management again. You notice management's on there twice? Because you got to learn how to manage the finances as well as manage the program. These are fucking things that you guys probably never even thought of. <laughs> these are real These are real fucking tangible items that you have to understand how to fucking um, make great. You have to fucking perfect these things. Not just fucking be average. Um, goals and objectives. Winning each and every day. What are we winning? What's important now is my win acronym. Win means what's important now. What are we winning? We're winning study hall, coach. All our syllabuses are going to be checked off. Every kid's got their assignments done. Um, what are we winning at? We're going to win in the weight room, coach. Everyone's going to get a fucking zero or a plus. No one's going to get a minus. Rep- and then what do they get if they all do that, coach? They get ice cream truck. Or they get fucking... I used to give out T-shirts that I had in the slush fund that we were going to give. You were going to get an extra T-shirt or a fucking hat or visor or something or slides or something that's worth something. But you have to have that shit to be able to give out. So these are all things you got to think about. Represent each other and create our own legacy. Win in our specific field. Whatever the fuck it is that we do, we win in it. Make a name for yourself in a positive manner. Lead the team with a four-quarter type of mindset. What are outcomes quarterly? What's our outcome quarterly? I, I'm a four-quarter guy. You always see me holding four fingers up. Why? It's not only four quarters in a fiscal year. There's four quarters in a football game. There's also four quarters in a calendar year, right? So year, quarter one is my spring off-season conditioning. Quarter two is my spring ball. Quarter three is my summer. Quarter four is the fall and the season. Every single one of those quarters have different goals. Our GPAs change in in quarter one than they are in quarter three. In spring, quarter two, I want to get bigger, faster, stronger. So we're going to test guys in different aspects. Quarter four is the fall season. I want to graduate our players and we're going to win games. So that's the deal. We got to figure this out. So these are the four quarters I talk about. Um, Must have attitude. Are we tough, aggressive, tenacious? Are we poised, self-confident? Are we enthusiastic? Do we show excitement about our choice to become the best manager and coach there is in America? Every day is an interview. Remember that. Someone's always watching you. Um, Have the push yourself. I know when to pull back. Some of you guys don't understand how to push yourselves to be great. Some of you guys just go through the motions, allow it. We don't coach it. You go until I say stop. Trust me. I got this. That's the time you use the word trust with your fucking coaches, even though I don't even use it then. But all I'm telling the kids to trust me. I don't trust them ever. They have to learn to trust you. You're the adult that pays a mortgage. See, that's the difference between now and my era and these new kids. You guys are fucking giving these kids every single thing but the car keys. You're giving them all the shit. You're giving them the car keys. You're giving them the house keys. Guess what? They don't even know how to drive. And they've never paid a mortgage. You've given them the keys to fucking everything. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard of. It's fucking ignorant. And it's life-threatening. 
Care for one another. Keep things in-house. We're only as strong as our weakest link. The it factor. I define the it factor by an executive presence. You know what the it factor guy does? He fucks the prom queen. Sorry, ladies. The fucking guy without the it factor goes home and jacks off. That's just what it is, man. A lot of you guys want to talk about coach is rude and crude. and Nah, that's what it is. I don't give a fuck what you call me. The bottom line is winners fuck the prom queen. Losers jack off. And you guys don't understand. This is a fucking results-oriented life. Not only is it a results-oriented business, it's a results-oriented life. There's no gray fucking area. Nobody feels sorry for you. How many of you feel sorry for the fucking homeless on the side of the fucking road every day you see? I don't see you pulling them in your fucking car and taking them home, homie. That's the problem. You guys don't live in reality. You live in this fucking fake-ass good boy fucking theory that, oh, I'm just going to smile in your face, and I'm going to say all the right things, and I'm going to be super PC, but I'm not going to really help a fucking soul. I'm not going to really tell this kid what he needs to know so he can go on and move on and graduate and go to the four-year and then fucking not fail at the four-year. I'm going to suck his dick, kiss his ass, tell him sweet nothings, and then he's going to go get thrown in jail and fucking get kicked out of Alabama. There's a fucking huge philosophical difference in those two. I tell them what they need to hear, not what the fuck they want to hear. All these kids fucking think they know it all. And you guys are just fucking aiding and abetting to that. Instead of breaking the curse and telling the motherfuckers, you don't know shit. Shut the fuck up. Do it my fucking way or get the fuck hit in the highway. We don't have that mentality no more as coaches at the youth level, at the high school level, and even at the college level. And I don't even think it's at the NFL level no more. But that is what it is. The executive presence is the guy that they pick first when they pick in teams in a basketball game in the fucking street. Hey, dog, I'm picking Johnny. Boom. You're first. That's the executive presence. We all, somebody we know has it. Do you have it? Um, if it's not on your mind, it'll never be on your finger. That's just what it is. Go be champs. Go be champs. Um, that's just what I wanted to hit you with in the beginning of this deal. Let me get out of that. Um, like I said, we're going to discuss a few things. A lot of you guys don't understand terms, and I'm going to talk about some terms. Um, I'm going to talk about terms, and then I'm going to show some film, and I'm going to show you what those terms are. Okay. Um, Greg Baker said, coach, do you, why do these schools always hire a new coach? Uh, and then after two seasons, they can, the coach ever fuck homie, Greg, I can't understand what the fuck you're saying. I'm not even drunk, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Um, let me get to it. So we're going to talk about, I don't even, Joel, I don't know what the fuck your testosterone level has anything to do with coaching football, but I appreciate letting me know. Take a fucking Viagra, homie. Um, so invert, what do you guys call your invert? What is an invert? Does it, do any of you fucks know what an invert is? Please somebody in here. There's 30 people in here wasting my fucking time. Really? There's 30 people. Somebody tell me what an invert is. Cause pretty soon I'm going to be like, you know what? Fuck. I'm going to go drink. And play with my dogs. 
because you guys are fucking slapdicks and you all want to, you think you know everything, but you don't know what the fuck any of these terms mean. Why, coach, are you giving us these terms? So then when the quarterback comes off the fucking field and he says, coach, the invert was down in the alley. The hole dropper dropped. We had a guy quarter dropping. I had a, the skiff fucking carry number two vertical. So I couldn't really get a fucking banana ball throw in there. So then I was like, you know what? Ah, uh, fuck it. Let me come down to the adjuster and take the fucking flat throw. Then you have a fucking football communicative fucking discussion on the sideline. And your guys are on the same page. How many of you come off the field and you're talking to your quarterback and he's like, uh, Mike came through right next to the center and uh, then the fucking like, number 42, that guy that was in the fucking flat, he, 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 he fucking turned and ran. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Start coaching and teaching these guys early. See, all you guys are in there. I yelled and people left the room. <laughs> fucking, oh my goodness, we got some fucking hoes. So look. An invert usually is somebody to the three by one set. Number one, number number one. Let's make sure we understand. Um, inverts are usually the guy that's coming down inside of a three by one set. So you usually have a corner. You usually have the invert who's somewhere over number two, and then you have the alley player who's over number three. And then you have the hole dropper, who's the mic. And then you have the quarter dropper, who's usually your wheel. And then you're free and a three-by-one's usually in the middle unless you're too high and your skift is out. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show some film, and we're going to go through each one of these, okay? I'm going to explain the difference between an invert and an alley player, all right? Um, all right. I don't even know what fucking film that I have here. All right, so we're in a three-by-one set to the boundary, all right? We're in a three-by-one set to the boundary. So to the single-side receiver, who is the invert? This guy. That's the invert weak. That's the invert weak. First, first of all, the cornerback is never an invert. The, Q, the corner will never be an invert in fucking real football, Adam. I'm sorry. I know what you're saying, but a corner can never be an invert. He's either a force player, he's either a quarters player, or a half player. He'll never be an invert because he's never going to rotate and come down over number two and leave one free. So please understand, I'm just telling you. Now, everyone learns different, so it is not a knock on you. I'm just telling you my fucking real football terminology. He, he's never going to be an invert. Here's the invert strong. This guy over number two. That's the invert. Here's the, what I call a skift. Okay, I'm going to explain what a skift is. S-C-I-F-T. Skift. That is a real term. We use it in the NFL. We use it in college football. Seam, curl, inside, flat. Player. Okay, FT is flat. Seam curl inside flat player. Who is that, coach? 
He's a guy who can take the seam away by number three. He can take the curl away by number one. He can take the inside route away by anyone coming inside. And he can come down and take the flat in a cover three scheme. That is the skift. You have to locate him. You may get two of them in certain sets. This is the skift strong. This is the skift weak. That is the invert to the weak side. Okay? We get back to a two-by-two two formation here. We fucking look like a clusterfuck. I have no idea what we're doing. I'm cussing out referees. This is year one at Indy. We beat them, by the way, first time in 30 fucking years as well. All right, here we go. So we're in a 12 personnel set, two by two, double tight end. And we got a 12 personnel. Here we go. Who's the invert weak? Oops, sorry. Who's the weak? Who's the invert strong? We're going to call the formation to the field strength. All right. Who's the invert? There he is right there. That's the invert to the strength. Here's your fucking skift, okay? Here's your fucking invert strong. He's down on the tight end and probably more less, more than less has him manned up. He has him locked up, so he's not really an invert. It's straight man. Here's a corner inside out looking in. He's in man, obviously, right? Here's a free roamer, so we're in man free here. We got an extra free invert here. We got an extra linebacker we can't account for. So they're trying to muddy the box in 12 personnel, okay? Um, okay, we're in 12 personnel trips. We're in a three-by-one set. Who's the invert? Right there. Here's the skiff. Here is, this is the strong safety or outside backer. There's the corner, Okay. That's the corner on this tight end. Anything vertical, he has it. Um, so there is no invert here to the boundary. There is no invert. That's the corner. This is why. This is may. This may what Adam might be talking about. Adam might be talking about a, this can be an invert because he, he's actually a corner here. He's not an invert as far as I call it because my inverts are different body types and they're doing different things. They're usually controlling an alley. They're usually filling an alley. They're usually doing, this corner is not filling an alley and he's not an alley player. And he's not coming down on number two and stopping him from going vertical. Um, anyways, I'm in a lot of 12 here. Here we go. Here's some 10 trips here, okay? The other term that I was using is alley player, okay? Who's the alley player? So let's discuss alley players here, Okay. Who's the alley player to the three-by-one side? There he is. That's the alley player. I also call him an adjuster. He's an adjuster or an alley player. Here's the corner. He's belling. There's the invert strong, right? There is no invert weak on this out of this formation. There's no alley player weak and down as far as an invert, but there is an alley player weak. There he is right there. That's the alley player right there. Here's the skiff. There's the skiff strong. That's the alley. That's the invert. That's the corner. 
So just so we know, this is just terminology. We're telling our kids so we understand the same, we're on the same page. So then when we create these terms, these are the terms that are going in our scouting report. So when you print out the scouting report, these are the terms on there. So we're all on the same page from the jump. Hopefully that under, hopefully you get what I'm trying to get through to you through with what we call terms here. Bluegrass says, so invert is what we claim the apex player who splits the difference between the last man on the line of scrimmage and number two. Not necessarily. That could be an alley player and that could be a skiff. The invert is always a guy coming down to fill either weak side into the alley to take away free access. Could be to the single side receiver like the first play I showed you. Or it can be a guy that's screaming down to take number two and try to either muddy the run box or he's got two vertical or he's coming down to either a cloud sky, different type of deal, and and, and he has the flats um, in a cover three scheme or in a quarter scheme out of three by one. Um, they can He can come down and, and have the flats and try to exchange responsibilities with the corner. He can be the invert. So right here, the invert is the guy over number two who can – this is what can happen, right? They can come down. Let me change this so you can see it. He can come down. He's the invert, all right? He's out of there. He's a free roamer. Look where he's coming down to. That's why he's covering up for the invert coming down into the flat. They have no issue on single side. They're banjoing this. This is locked up one-on-one. -on -one. And they have a skiff here to take away any curl or slant away from the outside-looking man player over there by himself. But you already see him rolling to cover up for the invert. So it's not necessarily a guy between the line of scrimmage and number two. Um, it all depends on what he's trying to get accomplished um, and what formation you are in. It could be number three. It could be number two. It all depends uh, in formationally or in uh, what set you're in and where you are on the football field. See, usually an invert is to the three-by-one side, but there is two, there is single-sided inverts, and that was actually a, a number first play I showed you guys was a single-sided invert. Um, there's an invert again right now, single-side receiver. That's an invert between number one and tackle. That's an invert right there. That's an invert because why? He's, he's added to the box. I already have an alley. I already have a skiff. He's a walked up. I got an alley. Or I got a skift, I mean, and I got an alley. So that is what, and they're short a guy or something. They're fucked something up here. They're definitely fucked something up here. I think what they're supposed to do is he was supposed to come down and invert. This guy was the free safety. He should have been here. That's what I think they fucked up. But you got 20-year-old kids, they fuck up. Um, they did it again too. They're they're wasting this guy over here. I have no fucking idea what they're doing. Probably why we gashed him. They're wasting this guy in the alley. That's an invert week. So my quarterback knows I'm not going over here. Why the fuck do they got one, two, three guys? Not only to the boundary, but to the single side receiver who's a white slow kid. It makes no fucking sense to me. So, I'm taking the numbers here. Either I'm going to fucking crack, crack, bubble, or we're going to do some different things here, but we're going to take advantage of their inverted alley backer up there um, just being gone. I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea. Um, anyway, 
So I started being in a heavy dose of three by one. Here they go again. They're inverting weak. That's the invert that just came down, right? So this is the invert weak. And what they're trying to do is bluegrass. They're trying to one plus my run game because they know I'm heavy RPO to the strength. They know I'm a heavy run to the weak side of their defense. I'm trying to pick numbers here. So we're going to try to overscoop these for these two and, and try to cut these two off. And we'll read one of these guys. Uh, we'll handle this stack with either RPO or triple option. So, and that's what we're kind of doing there. Um, and that's what it was. We're reading that guy that stood up there. Um, we're reading what we call reading grass. This first quarter, we look like a clusterfuck. Um, shit. Trying to be cute. That probably didn't set well with me right there. Again, they got, they're trying to play this trap coverage over here, if you haven't noticed. They're trying to play this fucking trap coverage. Um, to the three by one side. First down, a little angle spot route. Inside zone bubble again. Um, let me get to the other couple terms real quick. Hole dropper, all right? Any type of two-look or Tampa two-look, this is the hole dropper. He's hole dropping to the single-side receiver to carry number one and not and not make this throw accessible. He's the hole dropper to the strength. If it's a two-look, now we're not in a two-look, but we still have to have a hole dropper possibility. So that's who the hole dropper would be right here he'd be that guy right here he'd be that guy that's who the hole dropper would be in that scenario um again there's your hole dropper here Big Allen got smacked. Allen in here. Um, here we go. A little 11. Trey personnel into the boundary. Tight end dead. Trips to the field. A little double option here. Trying to get the run game going. Um, how would I defend the RPO as far as what RPO, Josh? So that's a vague question. Like, what what RPO are you defending? And then it's all about formation. It's all about there's so much to that question. Um, you know, first of all, you got to have a philosophy, Josh. Are you trying to stop the run regardless and make them throw? Or are you trying to th make them run and not throw? What is your philosophy as a DC and it's a game-to-game -game decision on who you're scouting. Is the quarterback the guy or is the running back the guy? 
whoever the guy is, we're going to try to pull the ball from his hands as much as possible. So if they're heavy RPO and the running back's shitty, then we're going to muddy the box and give him run reads, right? We're going to make sure that motherfucker hands the ball off. If he, the running back's the dude and the quarterback's not very good, we're going to fucking shut the run down and we're going to commit to the run and make him throw and we'll do some things on the back end to fuck with them schematically as far as giving them a different look and muddying up the box and different fucking things. We'll make, we, you know, we might trap the corner, cloud the corner, sky the corner. We might rotate the safety. We may do some things, even drop a D lineman, an athletic kid like a Jermaine Johnson who got drafted. We may drop him, fire zone the kid. It just depends on what we're getting on what the strengths of their team is. Like if we run, if we get a triple option team, Fuck, and the quarterback's the guy. I'm telling my DC, I want the running back to get the ball. I want to give him a fucking run read every play. Do not allow him to pull the football. So we're going to shoot our DNs up the field. We're going to play some games. We might jump into a four-eye, fucking spike the mic. We might do a few things with the four-eye and the three technique or the shade. We might tipsy-turvy a few things or nod it or ton it. Play some games up front to fuck with the running backs read and jump cuts shit. But we're going to give that quarterback a handoff read so we can keep him from having the ball. So that's all. It comes down to all your philosophy, dog, and your schematics on what you're trying to do. Ugh. I don't know what this is. First down. Pull that shit. We're in a little double option look here. Um, yep. He threw it out there too. He he spit it out to Calvin. Man, I don't know what we were at Indy, Bluegrass. We were shitty on defense. Um, we were flavor of the month till I took it over and made us fucking be in one front and, and just play vanilla, and we stopped the run that way. But it, 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 you can't really have that definition of being a spill-the-box team because you have to understand what, what are you facing every week. You're not going to spill the box and you're facing a fucking ISO team. I mean, it just depends on what you're seeing. College football is so innovative now as far as what they do. You can't really say I'm a spill-the-box team um, because, you, you know, every game's different. You might have a tempo team that fucking runs a lot of pin and pull. Then we may want to spill the box. We want to fucking. We might want to make sure they're fucking. We gotta get a demand a wrong arm and fucking get the box spilled and. Tipsy turvy the shit and fuck with the read keys and and you know stem stem the front give us a four eye look and make their asses fucking flip the play to the other side if they want to run to the low technique or run to the shade so it just depends on what you are you know you can't really be a spill the boxing but I, to answer your question I mean we weren't any fucking team on defense I mean fuck we had good players and it covered up for a lot of bad coaching um and we were still fucking shitty. 
Little power read. Um, anyway, let me, let me get to, I assume you guys know what techniques are. Free access, basically free access is a, is basically the single side receiver. If there's no alley player or any corner playing inside technique, then we have the access to throw it freely. So if there's a slant throw, a hitch throw, whatever it may be over there, because we have no alley player or nobody in the alley. We call that free access. We're going to take advantage of free access using hand signals, running speed option over there, um, running the GIF route. Whatever it may be, we're going to take advantage of the free access. Line of scrimmage, LOS. Do you abbreviate what you call it? Do you call it that way? So it is in your scouting report. These are all terms that I call that are in my scouting report. And these are also buzzwords. Um Nearest down lineman, NDL, and nearest linebacker, in NLB. We, we find the nearest backer, and we check speed option to the nearest linebacker. Why, coach? So my tackle can pin the mic and pitch off the end the freest and cleanest. Don't fucking try to run speed option to the three technique, and the backer spills the box, and you're pitching off the end, and the mic's smacking your ass in the backfield because your tackle gets hung up on the three tech. No, run speed option to the shade so our tackle can get up and get the mic clearly. All these little things that I'm sure a lot of you all fucking know. FBI, football intelligence, uh, be quick, don't hurry. That's just something that I use a lot. Fan is an offensive line term. Rip and Liz is also uh, directional. Um, these are just terms that I use um, I don't want to get into too much of this today, but these are just certain things that I use, either a buzzword or a term that will be in a scouting report or will be in some type of report that our kids can get and understand. And we use these terms on the football field. We use these terms when we come off the field with our players, with our quarterback, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's just kind of how we how we do it so those are just different um different terms and shit like that that we that we kind of um that we want to use but any any questions any of you guys want to talk anything you want to get on the board for you guys i will share the link right here um i'll put it in the in the chat if any of you guys want to come on um, I can split the screen. We can chalk talk it. We can have a chalk war. Whatever you want to do, uh, let me know. Um, if not, I might get the fuck out of here and go watch the NBA playoffs, um, even though they're shitty too. And then, like I said, I'll be back next week. Um, once I promote this show a little more, we'll be starting back next Tuesday. And I'll mean, I'm going to start having coaching guests come on, and we're going to just take the show over um, since a lot of you fucks don't want to come in and talk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have coaches come on, either a couple buddies in the USFL, um, a couple college guys since their spring ball's over, and we're going to have kind of a chalk talk war type of deal, 
And then we'll discuss certain route concepts, certain protections. We'll start doing that and just making this a show um, that we will sell online. So, um, But if you guys are wanting to come in live, come on in. Talk it up. Um, chalk it up with us. But if not, then go eat a fucking steak and potato and be a slapdick. Josh, anything else, dog? You got any questions? Um, Sean Butler, I appreciate you coming in, dog. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different things, man. A lot of different things you want to talk about, but, um, yeah, uh, Am 12 Bama. That's a finicky question too, man, because. See, I'll tank my running back, and I'll fuck with the three technique. So I'm going to move my back, and or I'm going to put him in pistol um, to fuck with your technique or dictate your strength. And if you're, trying to over, if you're trying to overfront my back or overfront my strength, or if you're just trying to set the three to my back, we're going to fuck with you on my back's alignment. So that's kind of a broad question. Um because, you know, people want to talk about people want to talk about the back and the three technique. But what are you? What formation are you in? What's up, Coach? How you doing? Good. How are you, Coach? I'm good, brother. Good. Um, so I know you're mostly an offensive guy, but I'm sure you have uh, insight on this too. Um, we don't see a whole lot of. I'm a defense coordinator in North Carolina. Um, we don't see a whole lot of zone, um, so we don't get to prepare for it much as far as, like, uh, linebacker keys and reads. Do you have anything for, like, what keys to read against, like, a heavy zone team as far as run fits goes? Yeah. What do you guys see? Fucking all pin and pull now? Is that, is that the favor? Of the pin market? and pull and gap scheme. That's crazy, man. Everybody's going to see the thing. I, I, I was trying to tell this young coach the other day. I'm like, dude, you're teaching these young kids and youth pop Warner gap and pin and pull. And I'm like, you should be teaching them zone because the rules start at that zone level. Like who we're IDing, combination blocks, uh, you know, getting our, getting some push to linebacker depth, like certain things that you just don't, you can't teach in gap scheme or, or pin and pull scheme. And it's like, we're just trying to be sexy even at the youth level. We're, we want to see guys pinning and pulling and shit for no fucking reason. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, Coach, it just all depends, man. I mean, what are you, so are you seeing zones or are you just trying to get better at defending it for yourself? Like, we see a – like, down here in North Carolina, we have a lot of – we don't see a whole lot of zone. We see either it's spread and they're going to run uh, with that wing back. Uh, I call it GH counter and GT counter. But we do have on the schedule our first two weeks of this year are going to be zone teams, and just we haven't really seen a whole lot of it, so I'm not really sure what the coaching point is on the reads because I know in gap schemes you can kind of read the guards and scrape that way, but um, Who, as far uh, as zone, what? So but, let me ask you this: What school are you at? Uh, it's a two A school called uh, East Carteret. East Cartwright. East Carteret. Oh, Carter, what's, what city are you in? Uh, it's down by the beach. It's in uh, um, Beaufort. 
North Carolina. Okay. I had a lot of North Carolina kids. Um, I love Carolinas, man. South and North Carolina both. I, I used to go recruit the shit out of the Shrine game every year, the, the top the best top 50 game, South and North Carolina game. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was in Raleigh at South Garner, but I recently just moved down here. Okay. So, Coach, basically it depends on, like, first of all, if you're playing a zone team, what formation, you know, what formations are you getting heavy? Um, I don't know what front you run and what defense you run, but I'm going to make sure that I, I, I scout your defense to get into the best formation for me to run my zone if I'm a zone team. If I'm an inside zone team and I'm just a two-by-two, ten-personnel team, and we're going to run zone and read somebody, or are we going to run zone to hand the football off? Or are we running zone to kick it, split flow? Or are we running zone with a floater? I mean, it just depends on what offense you're seeing and then what defense you're running. Because if I was an offensive guy calling it against your defense, um, I'm going to make sure if you're a 50-odd front team, I'm probably going to be in more 12 personnel or balance. I'm going to be more balanced two-by-two, even if it's 10 personnel two-by-two. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be some balance, uh, formationally. So it's so many different questions as far as zone, as far as giving it away. Um, but I guess line splits is crucial. Okay. So you, you have to start there. Like for me, if we're going to run it, you know, and I don't know if you're asking for inside zone or are you asking outside zone? I don't know if they run both, but the splits should definitely be different per, zone so if you're running an inside zone my splits are fucking three foot we're wide as shit um for running outside zone i'm a fucking half foot foot and a half foot 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 and a half so because why we're outside zone we're ripping and running we're reaching and overtaking i'm trying to my guard trying to take over your shade or your two eye or your nose Uh, i'm trying to get my center off that to the mic um, we're trying to do different things. So it's all depending on what zone you're seeing. And if you're seeing both and it's tempo and everyone's just the same across the board, like you're seeing in these good schools out here, like the modern days, St. John Bosco's mm-hmm. who, who have the best players in the country. And they're just fucking lining up two and a half, three foot splits. And they're running inside and outside zone with tempo. Um, you can do, you can get away with that when you get the best players and you're going fast. Um, then you got to be vanilla and base on D, right? You got to have to fucking figure yeah. out, okay, what am I doing on D and I'm base, I'm vanilla. Uh, I got to, I got to jump into what I'm good at versus every fucking formation and every fucking possibility. So, um, number one thing is I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd have to ask you a shitload of questions to I actually help you. I mean, are they, are they pistol? Are they offset? Are they in the gun? Are they, um, are they any tight um, insets? Um, are they, they're tempo? mostly, um, sorry. They're mostly 10 personnel, uh, two by two. Um, and three by one. Um, we run a three, three stack, um, odd with two fours and a zero. Um, and then we stack our backers behind, uh, against two by two, we will have, um, uh, two high safeties and obviously our corner on the outside. So you're too high and odd front. Yes. And the, I think the, the way we do that is, um, we assign our backers are going to play what's called loose to us. They're going to play outside in basically like a 50. So they're filling C and then we're playing two match on the, on the outside to kind of cover the flat area. Really? All right. So let me get on the board. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to turn this to you so I can hear you. Um, All right, you got me, brother? Yes, sir. All right, so let me erase this. Okay. My fucking dog's in here throwing up and shit. All right. Um, so you're telling me two by two. Ten personnel, two by two? Yes, sir. So you're telling me This is your front, this is your defense right here versus ten personnel. No, so um, against two by against two by two, you got your we'll take the here? yeah, we'll take the the Sam on the backside and apex him, and then bump the wheel and the mic in the twenties. So you're in a fifty front. A fifty. Is that what it is? Yes, that's exactly what it is right there. All right, so you're in a true 50. All right, makes more sense. All right. So you're in a true 50 front, which makes a lot more sense than odd stack. Now, if you get three by one, are you odd stack? Yeah, if we get three by one, um, I'm going to bring this. If you get that, do you go to this? Um. Yes, and then we play middle field safety, like so this, we get right? an extra runner in the in the run game. Yeah, on both sides. Got you. All right. So, all right. So you're in two by two, and the number one thing is you're in you're in you're in true. Are you four eye heavy or four? Uh, we're four heavy. Um, but I'm thinking we may go four eye this year because we're sending those guys inside most of the time on a pinch call. And I think if we give them the inside leverage anyway, then that's probably better. Are you the coordinator or what are you, coach? I'm the coordinator now. All right. So number one thing is where's the back? Do they move the back and do they run triple option? Do they run double option? Do they run RPO? 
you got to kind of answer those things. But number one thing I would, I would I would I would ask you is what is your option defense? Because if it if you're a two ten by two by two ten personnel option or a zone team, you got to have some defense to a, a fifty or an odd front. You're gonna have to have some type of answer to pull pitch, pull bubble, pull keep because they can't block you. So yeah. They're going to have to read somebody. So what is your defense and philosophy coming to running, defending the option? Because there's no way I don't believe in this business no more. They just hand the football off and he's watching the fucking parade and you're just hitting the back. You know what I mean? Um, I know what you mean. Uh, so in the past against – they're going to be mostly zone reads, so they're going to read um, – I, sometimes they leave the four technique and read the four technique. Um, I tell the four technique to go to go get the back, and then I'll have that Sam uh, key the quarterback, and then we're playing a two-match. So if they run a bubble, the corner's going to jump the bubble, and the strong safety is going to take number one. Okay, so with the here's the deal. He's taking the back. Yes. He's taking the cue. Yes. He's matching. What's he doing? He's flowing to the back as well. So he's he's the B gap fitter. Yes, that'd be A, wouldn't it? Well, it just depends. He's not A gap player pre snap, but post snap depends on where you put him. He would be my B gap fitter if I'm just on the board like this. Yeah. Even though I know you're sending him B. Um, this is the thing. You got tipsy turvy responsibility. Like in triple option, we have to account for triple option. We have to account for tipsy turvy, which means good DCs have this in their package or that or that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you guys all have this odd front shit that can fuck with triple option. We have to account for how we're going to defend or how we're going to account for your extra hat in the run game. I just, you're, you're breeding a dead horse here if you're trying to run double or triple option because you're out-hatted here. So on offensive side, you're out-hatting him, and we're going to have to defend. We're going to have to figure out, A, who are we reading? So as a DC, when you're doing your scouting reports, you should be asking, who are they reading, number one? Who are they pitching off of, number two? And then, who are they either loading? Who are they, you know, there's just so much. I got so many different rules. So, in 10 personnel, just two by two, if we're running just double option over here, you're out-hatting me by two guys. We're fucked. Yeah. So, so, are they showing that? That's what they do? They run inside zone and bubble off it? Uh, they run inside zone and they'll run zone read or... Um, because, but the, the, the film I watched, the team was playing like very off. Uh, they were playing like cover four deep and they ran a lot of uh, zone with a bubble and then zone read. So they may not do that against us with but they, what we're going to. The team, the opponent, were they in a 40 or a 50? They, I, they were odd. So they were odd team too. So yes. 
Do they do they add motion to anything to help out with their triple game? Um, they'll motion around, but they don't ever run the triple that way. He's just like eye candy to get the zone going that that way. I think, in my opinion, I don't, right. obviously don't know, but wow. All right, well, it's 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 awkward. This is the deal. If you're gonna spike the four eye every time in B gap, because he's a B gap player anyway by nature, and you're gonna have the Sam off the edge, and you're still gonna fit him in whatever gap it is that he's free because he's unblocked. We, as an offense, I got to know who I'm blocking. So what I would do is I would arc this guy. So I'm going to arc to your Sam backer. And so now I'm going to arc him and take him away. I'm going to take my guard and we're going to work to your mic. I'm going to solo your nose and I'm going to base the back door. So now I'm reading the four eye every time on the zone read. And then if he takes the back, we're going to keep it and arc it. And I have, I have everything blocked. I can even block him. Now, this is a 20-year guy, experienced guy, that I'll fuck with you real quick doing that. I doubt you see that. But I can add this to it as a pitch key, and I'll go load his ass and pitch off him. And now you're now I have the fucking pin last, and now I'm outnumbering you. So yes. it all depends on how you're defending it, who you're reading. You know, I, I doubt you get a lot of arc and you know arc blocking at the high school level anymore. But you know, I'd arc this fucking four eye right here. And so now, now instead of trying to rail him and fight the and fight the friction, because you're probably teaching the four eye, don't let him get off. Yes. Right. <laughs> so I'm not trying to get him to the mic. So fuck you. I'm gonna arc you, and I'm gonna take this hangover here, and now we're gonna read this guy, which is gonna fuck with you, and now you're gonna be like, oh shit, we haven't seen that. So like that's what that's a battle of uh, attrition basically on what we're gonna get as far as what are you doing, and then yeah. it kind of comes back to what you're doing on the back door from my booth guy. So now I mean, now in order to do that and get the pitch relationship, are they are you gonna have to motion him pre-snap and then behind, or is he gonna go at snap? Oh no, we'll pitch. We'll, we're motioning him uh, fast during the snap. I mean, okay. during the count, during the cadence. So, I mean, there's just so many things that we used to do here. Um, first of all, I put him in pistol. That changes the game for you as well. Yeah. But if you're going to be here um, and you're going to be apex in a true 50, um, and you're going to stay and too excuse, high, excuse my ignorance on that. My, my why do you call that? A, why do you call that a 50? I call that a 50. This is a B guy backer. This is, to me, this is odd. That's odd stacked. Yeah. We stack the techniques. 50 is B guy backers. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a 50. So now it just depends on what you do. Like, you know, a lot of 50 teams. They run true five techniques, and they think they're defensive ends, and they're really not because in the 50 front, you don't have the ends. You have fucking four IB gap players, and they're really D tackles, and you have to account for the edge with some additional players. So, you know, a four technique or a four I is not an anchor or edge player. By no. Nature. He's just not an edge player. He's not going to be your BCCR guy, is he? No, uh, that's the uh, outside backer. Exactly. There. So, boot, counter, cutback, reverse for all the layman's terms guys. So, basically, he's a spiker. He's a B-gap fitter. He's your C-gap guy or D-gap guy. 
And then whatever you want to do with your A gap, B gap fitter. Because he's an A gap fitter, he's an A gap fitter, or an A and a B. So it depends on what you do. But you have to have your rhyme and reason on, okay, am I making the cube pull it? Or am I making the cube give it? And yeah. based on your scheme, it looks like you're a B gap spiker every time. So you're making the cube pull the ball every time. But if I fuck with you and arc you, I'm going to pull the ball to, to a hat now. Now you're kind of having to renegotiate your, your thought process. Yeah. So, and now I have a hat for you. I have a hat for you. And I can even double that and come off late to that because he's not a factor to me. And I'll even fucking leave the backside for I. So I used to do all kind of different shit. But anyway, and then if I add the motion to you, um, we can do a lot, a lot of different things. I'll add motion to you and fucking come back and be in pistol and run zone opposite way and come back and pitch off of these guys. So it just depends on what I'm seeing by you heavy dosage-wise as far as my scouting report. But that's why I do those terms so I can understand what I'm getting. But uh, let me end this audio real quick, and then I'll come back. Uh, hold on. What, okay. Uh, hey, man, this uh, show is brought to you by Believe and betonline.ag. I'll, I'll see you guys next Tuesday. I'll have a few special guests on. We'll chalk it up again. I'll see you guys Tuesday for the Coach Them Hard, Love Them Harder. I'll see you tomorrow for the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later podcast. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Transform you in the I hate a storm, hell Mary's I make it poor.